0: I'm setting him up for the future, you know, to make sure his life is even better. So if he wants to be a nomad, you got all the skill sets to do it.
1: You're listening to the Thought Card episode number 15. Hey there, guys, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to be chatting with Daniela Gibbs. Daniela Gibbs is a single mom who travels the world with her son. Together, Daniela and her son have embraced a nomadic lifestyle And started their journey living abroad in Thailand. One of my biggest takeaways from talking to Daniela is that, you know, a lot of us may feel like travelers are either single people or you see a lot of families who are traveling. But there is a narrative for single parents who want to travel with their children. And I really appreciate that Daniela is inspiring parents to travel with their kids and informs them of the possibilities of achieving these goals through sheer will, desire, and determination. And you know what? Daniela is the author of the book, We Travel To, the resource guide for keeping your children educated while traveling. So in this episode, we're going to talk about all about how to educate your kids on the road. And I think you guys are going to find this super, super insightful. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to the Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money where planning, saving and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers.
0: What inspired me honestly was Compilation of things. Actually, um, I will. I will say that I'm half German, so there was already with my lifestyle growing up, going back and forth, traveling to Germany, um, was already something kind of in my bones. And I wanted to provide that for my son. But then once he went to an IB World School, I just kept thinking to myself, "I'm like, man, wouldn't that be amazing if I can just bring the world to him instead?" I've always admired other parents who did like an unschooling or, or a homeschooling method and everything of such. And just from a lot of the different things that were going on in the States, um, from social issues to racial issues to every, everything you could think of, spiritual reasonings, educational reasonings, I, it just kept fueling this desire to just show him the world and be, just break the mold.
1: Are there any families that you saw that inspired you that like sparked this fire into like, you know what, let's live abroad and make this happen?
0: Actually, initially, when I first wanted to, no, which is odd for me. But then I actually, when I came up with this conclusion, I'm going to do it. I started to use Google and social media as my best friend from there. And there was one particular family um, who was actually in Colombia. And I think they were just the the driving factor to solidify that this is okay. And like what I'm doing is, in my heart is, is going to work and it's working for them. I, I reached out to them actually and we, we chatted.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. So once you kind of figured out, okay, this is what I want to do, you, you look towards them and they pro- like helped you, I'm guessing. Like what what did you guys talk about?
0: Well, we talked about a couple things like how life is abroad for them when it comes to their family and what do they do as far as education and working and how to make money. You know, Back when I made that decision, I literally had no game plan. <laughs> I just said I want to do this and had no idea what to, eat. like the very first thing to do. I had no idea where to start. So they kind of helped give me some ideas or at least get my brain rolling so I can brainstorm on it and really think about it.
1: Especially now in the digital age that we're in, you can find so many information online, but it's sometimes like information overload. So it's nice to kind of have that like FaceTime with people or to have like, you know, just a chat to kind of shift through your ideas. Exactly.
0: And it's so authentic. You can feel the energy. It's like, yes, this is real.
1: (laughs) So what's interesting about your story is that you are a single mom, and you decided to do this on your own with your son. So when you told your son this, like, what did he say? What was his reaction?
0: My son is weird, um, according to most social standards. So when I told him this, his face lit up. He's like, cool. Like, oh, that's just, like not, so
1: me. <laughs>
0: I, right? Same with me. Like, he's just so down with everything. I have really honestly a a unique son. I know he's not the most normal child when it comes to other kids when they stay with their friends and whatnot. My son's just like, Mom, we got technology. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Right, right. No, I I love that. And do you think that that made it easier to transition a life abroad?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Because he dictates my life, to be honest. He doesn't know it. But yeah, his decisions matter the most.
1: Right, right, right. So now, where are you living? And why did you choose that as your home base?
0: I'm currently living in Thailand um, at the moment. And it wasn't actually initially my first place I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Colombia first, not necessarily based on the individuals I found before. Um, that's just where my heart thought I should go low cost living. I thought I was going to go into maybe investments of property and whatnot in the future. So I was taking a look at how fertile the market is. Uh, The food, the culture, everything about Columbia just drew me there. And it's close to my Florida home. So I thought maybe that'll be a very first place to go. But then they voted no for peace. And I during that time frame, it was like in October of 2016, and I don't know, I just had this feeling, according to the news, that they might have a civil war that's going to break out any day, and I didn't want to leave my own political strained uh, country to go to another. And Thailand kept hitting my radar, so it moved from third place quickly to first place within a week. And I just told my son, I know I sold you Colombia, and we were getting. Geared up for that, but how about the other side of the world, Thailand? (laughs) And I don't know. We just took that leap. It was pretty crazy, and Thailand gave me all of those factors that I initially was looking at in Colombia. The still low cost living, the culture immersion, and uh, the beauty uh, aesthetically, and of course, you know, fertility of the market. In case I did go that route, which I'm totally did not go into the investing route, by the way.
1: So what are some of the things that you look for in a new destination or things that like people who want to live abroad that they should keep in mind?
0: Oh, I definitely think that paying a little bit of attention to maybe where they stand politically is quite important, but not I wouldn't say it's it should be the Overbearing reasons for anything because a lot of our outlets when it comes to the United States is through the news, and a lot of those are sometimes exaggerated or just I'm not sure, or it, it's just not completely all truth. But I definitely think that's important when you're traveling, especially with your children, uh, safety comes first, and definitely looking for places where they have that strong culture immersion, like family ties and everything. I just think that's really important, at least for your very first go around, because you can easily go into a culture that's going to accept you and treat you almost like family and not necessarily an outcast. Um, and then of course, low cost living, at least at first, until you, you know, until getting your feet wet into that type of lifestyle. And that's exactly what I needed to do
1: right i i understand that and financially it sounds like also like a low risk a low risk destination not only for you and your safety but also financially you wanna you wanna be able to kind of you know take some risks but not fall flat at the end of the day too so i i really appreciate that so besides thailand and colombia what are some other destinations that sounded interesting to you at the time
0: at the time indonesia was on my radar actually um New Zealand, which is complete opposite. Yes, I love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Super expensive, like, though. Like opposite side.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is like when you, when everything I just mentioned with like low cost living, this and that, pretty much doesn't completely apply there. But I mean, New Zealand was is New Zealand
1: exactly. It's New
0: Zealand, yeah. Still, I will get there one day. <laughs> um so yeah those are pretty much those were the main ones that were actually on
1: my list did you do it like pen and paper style did you do like spreadsheets pros and cons like walk us through how you were formulating like this brainstorming session
0: Oh, it was definitely pen and paper, and not because i don 't use spreadsheets as well <laughs> um i I do have this thing. I love the pen i'm it 's like my best friend actually, so I love writing and I wrote it all out. I literally took a ruler and made graphs everything we can easily do on, <laughs> on our computer. I did it by hand, and i did i I did pros cons, uh listing potential. Uh cost and, I mean every single thing, but the funny part about doing all of that, how much did I truly apply was the real question, and none of it. it it's i mean it helped me i think choose for sure my destination, but as soon as I set sail i don't even I don't even think I have it with me or I forgot that I have it, and it's probably in one of my stacks somewhere I don't even look at it.
1: Can you tell me, like, did you involve your son during this brainstorming session? Like, how collaborative of an effort was it?
0: Not quite as much because he wasn't really bringing anything to the table besides, cool. Sounds good. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's my son. He's enthusiastic to science. And anything outside of that is kind of like, all right. (laughs) Cool, mom. Sounds good okay I'm all alone in this (laughs) yes
1: do you feel like that helps because I know for me sometimes let's say if I'm traveling let's say with friends or something sometimes like them not helping me decide is like oh it's so irritating or do you think did you feel like you know what okay I'm gonna make a decision and we're just gonna do it and that's it
0: there's definitely pros and cons to both and like not having complete help with the decision making I would argue but um at the end of the day, it works out best because the same things when we apply it to maybe traveling with our friends, you know, if anything changes, like, oh, they're more interested in doing this, they want to shift. And it might come to that point where it's just a complete disagreement on desire for this entire uh, idea. So with him just being so cool, with everything, It just really let me be in control of it. And granted, yes, I was overwhelmed, especially for what I was doing back in the States. I was also completing my degree at the same time of working and everything else. So it was like, it definitely was a lot of strain on me. But I think it worked out the best because mommy knows best.
1: Yes, mommy <laughs> does know best. Very true. Shout out to my mom right now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, okay, what of what, for example, like can you tell me some of the favorite things that you enjoy about living in Thailand? And I also wanted to say that is life really like a vacation or is it like regular life, like day to day life?
0: Oh my goodness. I love that you asked that question because people swear, (laughs) especially looking at social media, they're like, oh, you have the best life ever. I work, I truly work. Um, I actually work more now and sometimes because Thailand has provided me with that low cost living. It has provided me the opportunity to really rediscover myself and suppress skill sets or passions as an individual. So, you know, being that I get to rediscover these things about myself, I'm working more. So I work online as one of my main income sources. But I'm also working on developing other skill sets that I'm so heavily tapping into. And obviously, a book came out of one of them. <laughs> so it's, it's like I work all the time, but I'm working with things that I truly love. So vacation, maybe not so much, but doing what I absolutely love majority of my day, I mean, I don't take that for granted that is something I, I'm truly happy about. So we do have our own schedules. We try to live life a little bit normal, but we do get to travel a lot more too. So any random weekend, we might be in a different country or a different region and um, or every other month for our visa runs and everything. We just take it as another opportunity to just discover another uh, culture uh, in the neighboring countries and such. So I guess that's where... We vacation a lot, how about that?
1: (laughs) Yes, I love that because I feel like in the States, it's like, especially if you work full time, you're just kind of like always strapped for time and you just, a lot of us, our passions are suppressed. Or let's say we wanna pursue something as a side hustle. It's like, that's also eating into our family time. So time is Mm -hmm. always of the essence. So I love that now that you're living in Thailand, you're able to pursue your passions and it sounds like you're a lot more productive. Too, Absolutely.
0: As well. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: All right. So what are some of your favorite things about living in Thailand?
0: Besides that, that was actually one of my favorite things is that I, I get to um, have this time for rediscovering myself, evolving individually, as well as with my son. Thailand has provided that for me. Um, you know, back in the States, we just really didn't have very much time for each other. But Um, And that's just because of the low-cost living. I mean, honestly, I I don't need to work tirelessly to provide for us and still be able to give us everything that we like. Thailand is, I think, a really great place for people to at least start with just because it's not super extreme. They have the culture right there so that we can be completely immersed and learn from it and develop. But at the same time, they're still very modern and every way possible. So we can still go and, and engage in things that we absolutely love. If we want to be a little bit Western and have some Western food or go shopping with their gigantic malls that are, I think better than majority of our malls in the States, by the way. Um, and also just, you know, Jaden still has everything that he needs here in Chiang Mai, where we are at least. So he can do Brazilian jiu jitsu and archery and pottery and all of these different things in one place that a lot of uh a lot of places that i know even in the city that i came from didn't have all in one place i thought that was just really awesome how open minded they are to on that aspect so everything's just right here for us
1: so on the opposite side of the coin what are your least favorite things about living in thailand
0: oh the visa that 30-day visa goes by so quick. And honestly, when I first thought about it, it's like every 30 days would we'll just leave to a different country. Perfect. Never did I thought in a million years how quickly it comes around to where you just kind of I don't feel like traveling. I never would think I would say that, but it does it is true. Sometimes it's you just want to stay home. And that visa process is quite Tedious and backwards as well. There are some ways to get an extended one. They have like the 60 day extensions that's helped a lot. Um, they also have year visas that people maybe join a class for or they work a little bit here in the land to help them get that year visa. Um, those are all, always options. I've, I've dabbled and dabbled in all three, but at the same time working in Thailand to get that year visa for me was not quite conducive to my goals. So it's the visa. That really, really hurts me there. And also just some of their their way of life. Um, is, I swear it reminds me maybe 1960s or 70s if I was around during that time. There are still many things about them. They have all the technology, but yet they want to keep paper trails. And the paper and the plastic amount that they use is really bothersome for me. Um, it's just it's um, it's just excessive. And, you know, if you don't have this one tiny little piece of paper that said that you're entered the country, you're fined. And it's a little bit, I don't understand because it's, it's in the computer system. They can see this, everything, but they're just really, really stuck on some extremely outdated methods. And they're probably one of the only countries in this entire region that's like that, actually.
1: Very, very interesting. Can you talk to us a little bit about what visa that you're referring to and what you're on right now? And just a little bit clarifying for the visa process.
0: It's the tourist visa. So being a US citizen, we automatically have a 30 day visa for free. Every 30 days, he must leave the country and come back. It used to be unlimited, just easily cross the border and Um, by land, and they have uh, border runs all the time is what we call them border runs, you know, through a bus or agency that just takes you across the border and turns back around the same day. But um, they've changed so much and it's consistently changing. It's getting a little bit more and more difficult to where we can only do that twice a year now. So every other way of leaving the country is through flight. That can add up pretty quick.
1: Right. So are you budgeting for travel now that that the visa require this visa requirement it's kinda like you have to built in travel yeah. right? hmm
0: Yes, absolutely. So my expenses that I, I try to keep myself on a budget on includes that as well. And sometimes I'm lucky and I don't need to necessarily leave and I can just go extended across the street at my immigration office. And then sometimes no, I just gotta leave most of us nomads go through. This is not just uh, specific to me. And you'll just have to leave that day. So of course, that's going to be the most expensive way because, oh, let me book a flight the same day.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Times two for me and my son. Yeah. I I now, trial and error, have to keep that in my budget.
1: <laughs> you have a system. You have a system for it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It's interesting because like I've never, I read a lot of blogs, but I've never s- heard about this visa requirement. I guess it's I don't know. This is like really fascinating to me.
0: I can't even tell you the amount of people who've gone through that at least once. It's kind of like the, oh, you know, you're really uh, a Thai nomad if you go through this. It's our initiation process, I promise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if I'm understanding this correctly, if you overstay your visa, you get a fine.
0: Mm -hmm, It is. Here's 500 baht per day. 500 baht is about $15 a look. $15 is $18 depending. So it's not the worst thing ever, but, you know, that's $15. It's an inconvenience.
1: Yeah, it's an inconvenience. (laughs)
0: And and when you break it down to Thai money, to Thai living, I mean, that's countless meals right there.
1: (laughs) Which is a great transition to my next question for you is, is living in Thailand really as cheap as they say? So give us the dirt.
0: It can be. It absolutely can be. I've lived in two regions in Thailand. My very first year was living somewhere called Pisana Luke. Don't look it up, it's just middle of nowhere. <laughs> but I lived there for an entire year for my own personal reasons. It is definitely more affordable than, say, here in Chiang Mai, where I am, which is a lot more uh, larger of a city, as well as uh, so many of us come here. Um, so here, I Pay twice as much for my rent versus when I did in Pisana Look. Now, let me throw this out there just to show you how how low cost it is. When I say twice as much, my rent is still only about three hundred dollars total. <laughs> so, Pisana Luke, I was only paying one hundred and fifty for rent. Very nice place, two bedroom, two stories uh, house. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what you can get here, the quality that you can get for the amount that you're spending is what really draws to us and kind of gets addictive (laughs) and comfortable.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds a lot different than in the United States. So oh, yeah. Oh, yes. So break down to us the average cost of what breakfast, lunch and dinner would cost in Thailand.
0: My son and I, we definitely love to live a little bit more on the Thai style. So we're eating our Thirty-five baht up to fifty baht because we're splurging for the day. That is about a dollar fifty, two dollars um, for a meal, one meal, whole, very whole, fulfilling meal. Um, I think that on average, because we typically like to have a fresh coconut or fresh uh, fruit juices, which another reason why I love this place. The amount of vegetation, like, is unreal and superfoods. Um, so getting to have you know, those drinks, we spend about 200 baht. So we probably spend about $6 per every time we go out together, all together, that is. <laughs> so it's amazing. I I think that's really great. And look would be even cheaper. It would be half that. Now, here's the catch. <laughs> here's what happens to a lot of us, too. Because it's so low price, we think that we can go to all of the, I call them Instagram places, like the places that, you know, would be all over Instagram or that they would feature on the Asian channels to promote Asia and everything. We feel like we can do that all the time. And we feel like we can shop more and travel more. And next thing you know, we look at our expenses for the months, like, did we really just pay the same amount that we do in the United States? States? Oh my goodness, that happens often, but kind of in a sense of no regret because again, what we get out of that amount. So even if we end up spending the same amount we what we might have have in the states at times, on a, on a low low mo- month month um, spending in the states. Let me put it like that. Um, we'll we'll say, oh, we've traveled here, 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 here. We've gone to this, did af- um, outings. We did this. These type of events, and we bought all this stuff. So what we get out of it is still far greater, although we end up sometimes spending equal to, <laughs> not good.
1: So how does banking work abroad? How does the do you have a bank account in the United States and Thailand or? Do you have PayPal? Like, tell us what your workflow is for banking.
0: So I do have two bank, three banks total, actually. I have one in the United States, um, which is actually USAA. So I'm very fortunate to have my father who was military. Of course, that is pro- the easiest way to travel because there's they accommodate families abroad from the military. So that's the best way. And they they t- uh, reimbursed... Uh, most of our actual ATM fees. So the ATM fees that we receive as well as the the international fees that we get, you know, they do reimburse majority of those. And there's other ones out there too that do the same. Um, So that's really been a big, big lifesaver. I also have here um, two Thai banks because I did teach for a term for three months. I was allowed to get a Thai bank. So I went and got two and... I don't really touch them, to be honest, but it does come in handy to just store some of that bought in there because I do have a lot of times where I get paid through PayPal and it goes directly to my other bank. When I withdraw certain sums of money, I don't want to carry that around, but I do want to have quick access to it without having to worry about "Mm, the ATM fee being over the amount that they would reimburse or whatever the case.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I know that you wrote a book and providing high quality education is really an important part of you living abroad. So tell us a little bit about your book and what it all means for families who want to consider moving abroad.
0: Absolutely. Well, I've gone through so many um, ups and downs, trial and errors through this past year and a half of living abroad and a lot of the information that I have now gained is not easily accessible to people through the internet like we're used to doing. Just because the uh, traveling as a parent uh, market, I guess you can say, is so small, especially on top of that, the single parent. We go through things that other families don't go through. So to me, it was super important to create this book series. It will be a series. There's two more coming out. That will be the whole shebang, the whole package that goes over everything more than just education. And I just felt it was really important to put this in an ebook format. Parents can easily download it, not only read how we live our life, but also be filled with resources. I mean it has so many resources in that book. There's no reason why anybody will leave that particular ebook and say that They still don't know what to do when it comes to at least the education portion of their worries when it comes to wanting to be a nomad. Also, help me kind of level up on the method that we use here at home because Jaden is a cross between online schooling, homeschooling, and unschooling.
1: So, for people who don't know, break it down for us. What is world schooling?
0: World schooling to me is allowing world travel. Uh, actually school your children. So it's a sense of unschooling, but on a different level. Unschooling is the natural method that our children and humans in general learn since coming out of the womb, to be honest. And we've, we've abandoned that through these different structures that we've created in the education system. Nothing wrong with the structure. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there that a lot of parents forget unschooling is a very first method, because before they get into pre-K, before they go to kindergarten, all of those years, our children learn the most. They're actually working and operating at genius level, and it's all through method of unschooling. They're not There's no structure completely. They're just watching, engaging, experiencing, and learning naturally. And It's still a method of learning to the day that, you know, we no longer exist here. And that to me is super important. World schooling is just taking that unschooling method onto a world level. So letting all these different cultures and learning about their religions, their beliefs, their way of life, their everything, teach our children and absorb that because globalization is definitely a huge thing for us at this moment of time. And being more of a global citizen is super imperative for, I think, the success of our children at this point and where we're heading towards.
1: Is there a curriculum that they're following?
0: None. No curriculum. No guidance. Well, okay. (laughs) Disguised guidance, actually. Completely disguised. It's like they're getting tested and they don't even know it. Because I definitely use what we call CCQs, concept checking questions. I use that probably daily on Jaden. And he doesn't know. He thinks we're just having a normal conversation.
1: (laughs) But you're just checking in that he understood. uh Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And I, I find it funny in my head. But man, does it work? My son actually suffered from test anxiety back in the states, and I mean, I, don't we all in a, in a huge sense? And I felt like it was really a disadvantage to him. And thank goodness he did have phenomenal teachers at his old school um, that did notice this, and they they were great. He nothing against the particular school he came from. Love them so much. They were actually inspiration to take this to the next level, but at the end of the day, there's just some things that are completely out of their control, which is another motivation, huge, probably 90% motivation for this way of life that we're doing. That, that sense of control that teachers do not have, natural teachers, you know, that the government is involved with these structures and you need to pass this test and you need to do, like, the standardized way of life is just, doesn't work for everybody. And I really think it's limiting. Curriculums are limiting. And um, so for us, there's, he does have a curriculum on some things. Um, when it comes to science and mathematics, we still do that with the online schooling. But for other things, we've abandoned it when it comes to literature arts and history and even the arts itself and physical education. We've abandoned curriculums altogether. But it it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't tap into other Communities that do the unschooling, unschooling, or world schooling, or even homeschooling methods. I don't. I tap it to them. I learn so much from them. I do go onto different um, sites and everything that I actually dumped into my book as well, just to help me make sure I'm covering bases and not lagging in some areas. But you know, it the unschooling method I think is really brilliant, and I've watched my son exceed exceed beyond expectations
1: it's very interesting because when you're like in society you're not a lot of people you're not really thinking about all these other options out there so i love that you're educating people out there that these are options even if you don't want to live abroad you can still do unschooling and you can still do world schooling as well can you give me an example of the concept questioning that you would do with your son like give us an example of what that sounds like
0: oh yeah beautiful this child stays on youtube all day he's such a nerd let me tell you um he he researches science all day he's destined to be a scientist um and he researches science all day so i'm constantly just hey jane what you doing oh just researching what is really the smaller the smallest unit of life because i don't believe the atom is and then he'll just go so wrapped into that, that rabbit hole, and we'll find the answers. I play dumb. Teach me, like, teach me, Jaden, what is this? But not without telling him to teach me. And I think that creates the nerve issue. But it's just like, what? You know, just little conversations. And he tells me things. He doesn't know that sometimes I'm, as I'm on the phone, he's probably thinking I'm doing, uh, you know, Instagram while listening. But really, I'm, I'm Googling at the same time, or I'm just trying to look up things. And then I'll ask him, questions like what makes you really believe this do you really believe this is truly there or just his thoughts his feelings i I question everything we go to museums and i i ask him you know what do you think life was like and what's about this and so he's thinking he's just giving me his his uh feelings on it and and letting him like use his imagination But he has to understand what he just read, what he just saw, in order to even answer these questions, even though he's using a lot of imagination. And that's what I look for um, when it comes to that. I will say I cheated. This is not completely something that I did on my own. I actually did do quite some years in education at the university. So I just took a lot of that with me, that natural concept checking. Narratives I took those with me. I just adopted it into my own style of mothering him before we even left the states.
1: I love that that is that is very, very powerful. It also sounds that you are very involved in your son's education.
0: yes, oh my goodness. The involvement that I am able to be in right now is I never imagined this before either. Yes, it's correct. In the states we we hand off our children to practical strangers. Um and we kind of just let it go and the only main check in is are you still getting an A, okay, great. But what are they completely learning? I mean, it's hard for us and I'm not knocking parents. Hello, I was there. I was one of them too. It's just our way of life. We have to work quite often a lot of us, especially a single parents Maybe sometimes two jobs, and we get exhausted and and then we wanna we don't wanna interfere with that family time, the little bit of quality time that we are allotted by let me use this quality time to like siphon through all of your material and see what you're learning it's It's really quite difficult for us and then, um now, because it's it relies on me, it doesn't rely on some other teachers or another system or structure, it relies on me. I need to make sure that he's still receiving everything. And so I get to be a lot more involved, even for the online method, because we started off 100% online schooling. He took like seven courses online to start with until I really got my hands wet understanding how our lifestyle was going to go. So thank goodness for online schooling, by the way, because that that was like a big a big thing for me to just figure out everything without him having to wait till mommy gets it together.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm.
0: So, um, but even with online schooling, he had seven different classes, seven different teachers, passionate teachers. We use Florida virtual school. Every state has it. So it's not like it's just Florida, but I'm just going to speak of Florida because that's where I started and, um, Florida virtual school, they, I mean, the communication with the teachers are phenomenal. Getting everything sent to your email instantly, um, having to just constantly, I'm working sometimes and I can just toggle over and just check out exactly what he's doing at that very moment while he's next to me and looking at his grades, just every little step of the way. I was involved and I know what he's getting and just having, again, like I try to still incorporate those CCQs, even when it was more in the online schooling hands, I still would use that for him and just, Hey, what are you learning about? Even though I just read it, (laughs) I just, I would ask him anyways, just to make sure he's absorbing it correctly because the con we can argue to online schooling is Google. They can easily, easily Google answers too. And I, need to make sure you are actually retaining
1: it. Right, right. I I love that. I love that so much. Let's talk about some of the myths that parents or single parents may have when it comes to the nomadic lifestyle and what may be holding them back.
0: First and foremost, I can't afford it.
1: Biggest Yeah, that's ever. a no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> biggest myth ever. And I'm like, as much as we have so many different things that are out there online that tells you, yes, you can. People still want to believe at the end of the day, no, they can't. I mean, you take your skill sets, you apply it online. If you feel you don't have digital skill sets, I promise you'll find it's in there. It's within you already. There's something for you online. And with that, there's those means to provide yourself with income But because if you at least focus on low cost living areas such as Thailand, such as South America and other places, even Europe, too, for those who really just want to go to Europe, that's where we're actually heading next, by the way, three weeks. (laughs) So there's other places where it's very low cost and you do that. And when you when you start being a little bit more minimalist, that's another thing, too getting rid of those ties as attachments and living in the ego, getting rid of those social constructs and trying to meet up to the Joneses, like getting rid of that, which naturally happens the moment you step foot outside of your home country. Anyways, it's just, you know, you realize you have a lot more money in your account, even if you're not making half as much as you used to in the States. So therefore you can afford a lot of these different lifestyles like traveling. And when you live, in the place that has a great airport. Like for me, Chiang Mai is an international airport and so is Bangkok. You catch these like $50 flights somewhere. It's unbelievable how low cost everything is and you can easily explore an entire region. And that's actually how we live our life, too. You know, we're here in Southeast Asia, so let's finish Southeast Asia. The next place we're going to go, we're going to conquer that region and so forth. So it's not like living in the States and having to travel there and travel back and paying thousands of dollars for flights every time. That makes a world of a difference.
1: Yeah, I think affording is definitely a question or a myth that people have and I always say if there's a will, there's a way. And you should also think about having a plan. You know, it might not be something that you're financially ready to do right this second. But if it's the right option for you and you've done your research, then you could work towards it. So I, I totally agree that don't let the finances hold you back. And I love, yeah. the f- I love the fact that you also talk about the low cost of living, because if you're living in a low cost destination or country, and you're still getting paid American dollars, you're you have a very wide gap. So oh, yeah, <laughs> and also if you and also if you like move, let's say to Thailand with savings, that's also again, hedging your risks. So you're Absolutely. just putting yourself in a very good financial situation.
0: And that's actually what we did too. I actually when I decided to do this, I gave myself a year and I did something called a 52 week savings plan that I structured myself. I I mean I stole the the concept off of Google as well. But I I tailored it to my affordability and everything. And so it it just mindlessly uh was able to just come out of my check. I set it up and everything, to just put it to the side. Can't see it. So when it was time for me to take that flight, um you know, to Thailand to move abroad, I had that nice chunk of savings that I actually ended up forgetting that I was doing.
1: Automation is really a great way to to save. So I cannot recommend automation enough. All right, so you kind of gave us the hint that you're gonna be moving on from Thailand. Uh, where are you headed to next?
0: We're actually going to Germany, which of course is opposite of what I've mentioned of low-cost living. <laughs> but being that I am half german um we're just going there our next our plan actually was to get back to south america i'm so obsessed with that that continent but we're going to germany because i introduced my son over the winter um we had some discrepancies up for about 11 years when it comes to getting his passport so he's fairly new like maybe two years deep now about to be three years deep into the travel game but um this was my very first time able to bring him to germany he fell in love and this is one thing too i think when it comes to having a child abroad um he's not lacking anything like social or educational by far if anything is exceeded um he's there's nothing he's lacking in but At the end of the day, he's still a child. And having that family is so important. So I figured, hmm, what's a good medium ground that we're fortunate to have? Germany. We'll go to Germany. We're going to live with, um, not with, actually, but we're going to live very near our family and um, in a very low-cost town. (laughs) And so we're still going to have all of the things that we have here for the most part, but he will be just a really quick walk bicycle ride and some of them maybe a quick 5 minute train ride to my family's house that he can just be with and have that for up to a year while we finish Europe and all the places we haven't gone there.
1: Right and and I love that you guys have the flexibility to do that. You're able to to move from Thailand to Germany, be close to your family for a period of time also travel within Europe because, you know, Ryanair has awesome flights and it's super cheap and affordable. (laughs) So that is that's so inspiring. And and I I love that. I love that you're also able to take your son back to your culture roots, too. So and I'm sure he's going to be learning so many languages after all of this. Oh, yeah, he got he definitely
0: has a a workable Thai <laughs> um, language under his belt. Uh, he was learning Spanish for majority of like his grade schooling. And when we were going to move to Colombia, we upped that. We were just like, let's do an app like Duolingo every day. And now he's doing German. He's been doing German now since... Winter. And so that's another reason, too. We're actually, our goal is we won't leave there until we learn it fluently because I'm also suffering from a guilt complex that, oh, you're German, you can speak it. (laughs) Yeah, about that. So that's just where we are in this day and age. That's where we're going to be for a long time. And it's, this is, I'm setting him up for the future, you know, to make sure his life is even better. So if he wants to be a nomad, you got all the skill sets to do it, you know. If you want to, go to college and be in one place, you know, designated place. Awesome. Your resume is already strong because of your global access, your languages under your belt. I mean, the way that you can articulate so many different things. This is is for him. I mean, 90% of everything I do is for my son. So that's the future.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode, guys, of the Thought Car Podcast. It means the world to me that you're listening to inspiring stories from other travelers from around the world who are doing amazing and brilliant things. Now, if you're interested in connecting with Daniela, you can head over to her website, We Travel to, and that's the number two, so that's T-W-O, so that's com. Or hit her up on Instagram at Travel 2 that's the number 2, T-W-O. And definitely, if you're interested in checking out her resource guide, you can definitely purchase her book, We Travel 2, like the number 2. And I love that because she's just really calling all parents. Like, you can travel too, guys. And that is an amazing message. All right, guys, I can't wait to see you in the next episode. We're going to talk all about currency. Why is currency favorable currency? Important and how it's going to be able to save you money. Until next time, bye.